Every divorce has its unique challenges. Having helped people in many different high-conflict divorces, I know that when children and alcohol are involved, the situation becomes even more challenging. Whether you are concerned about child safety when an ex is co-parenting, or trying to prove your sobriety for custody, finding a reliable system that you trust can be difficult. That's why I love and recommend Soberlink. Soberlink's remote alcohol monitoring system makes it easy to document sobriety in real time, ensuring child safety and providing tangible evidence of sobriety to the court as needed. It's easy to use and has features like facial recognition, tamper detection, and advanced reporting that all work together to improve your life during this difficult time. To help those in my audience who are going through divorce with children, I've worked with Soberlink to develop five tips for divorces involving children that you can download at www.soberlink.com backslash JBD. At Journey Beyond Divorce, we understand that navigating through the emotional tsunami of separation and divorce is one of the hardest journeys you'll take. And we know that once the initial fear and pain begins to pass, a whole new storm of confusion, uncertainty, and self-doubt can surface. Journey Beyond Divorce can help you identify and clarify where you're feeling stuck and what steps you need to move forward, even if they're just baby steps. We guide you with practical, tangible support that you can start implementing right away. Our team of experienced divorce coaches is ready to help you. Listen through the show because we have a gift just for you. It'll help you navigate your divorce with more calm and confidence. You're listening to the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast with Karen McMahon. We invite you into a journey of healing and personal transformation that will radically change your divorce experience. Heal your heart while refining your character and enable you to be effective and feel empowered as you navigate the practical and emotional challenges of divorce. I often have the conversation about somebody doesn't make you feel. Somebody may behave in a way where the result is that you feel intimidated or anxious or angry or disappointed, but they don't have the power. Nobody has the power to make us feel something. Welcome to JBD Team Talks with your host, Karen McMahon. During Team Talks, you get a chance to meet our JBD coaches as we discuss challenges and difficulties that are common to everyone facing divorce and provide you with tips and strategies to help you master the art of managing your thoughts, calming your emotions, and intentionally choosing your responses. And now for today's topic. Welcome back to another episode of JBD Team Talks. I'm here uh, by myself today. And today's topic is setting and upholding boundaries. This is a topic I've been talking about a lot. And uh, when it comes to boundaries, uh, when I first entered my divorce, I really didn't know too much about boundaries. I didn't... uh, I wasn't raised with them, and uh, and I don't believe my ex-husband was either. 
And so we were living in a household and we were in a relationship that really was a bit uh, boundary vacant. And so today I want to talk a little bit about what that means, what a boundary is, uh, how it can bring value to your relationship, uh, how important it is that we teach our children boundaries, and what happens when we don't have them and... uh, and don't know how to apply them or don't even understand the value of them. And so what is a boundary? Just like when you live in a home in the suburbs and you put a fence around your property, that lets people know um, what's yours and the point at which uh, going beyond that fence can only happen when they're invited. And so uh, a boundary... uh, a boundary in a physical space is this uh, this bubble that we have around us. I remember when my son was young, he would go like right up to other kids and he didn't have any understanding of physical boundaries. Yet we kind of naturally do that. With emotions, boundaries uh, give us a sense of uh, safety and they we, we set them with other people, but we also set them with ourselves. And so I want to talk about that first. And so on the one hand, uh, boundaries involve us taking ownership of our feelings. So I was raised, and I think so many of our clients come to us and there are statements like he or she made me feel bad. He or she made me do this. I used to say that my ex-husband made me um, refinance the house five times. And the truth is there was no gun to my head and I was an adult, uh, but I didn't have any sense of boundaries. And so I could easily be swayed uh, with the right energy to do things that I didn't want to do, but I made those decisions. And so I often have the conversation about Somebody doesn't make you feel. Somebody may behave in a way where the result is that you feel intimidated or anxious or angry or disappointed, but they don't have the power. Nobody has the power to make us feel something. And when we can own our own emotions and our own behaviors, we're empowered. And so on a very base level, Uh, learning the skill of boundaries is this invitation into taking full power over who we are, what we feel, and how we behave. So boundaries involve uh, taking ownership of our feelings and our behaviors and our attitudes. Uh, And while other people can say and do things that impact that, it's our choice. And And when we become conscious of how we're triggered or how someone else's behavior uh, impacts us, then we can consciously choose how we want to uh, respond to it. Along with taking ownership is taking responsibility. And so he or she made me feel uh, sloughs off the responsibility or made me say or do. And certainly we've all heard in um, in really unhealthy and abusive relationships, you might have uh, a woman, for instance, saying, you know, 
I, I made him do that. I, I really said something stupid, so I got him angry, or or the opposite. Um, so we can't if if we have the power to make people do things, I think we would all use it in pretty neat ways. And and so if you just stop and think about that, like nobody makes you do something. Uh, and so when you can take responsibility for like with me and my refinancing, yes, I was intimidated. Uh, yes, I um allowed myself to be talked into something. But now looking back with a much healthier mindset, I absolutely could have set set a boundary. I absolutely could have not signed that paperwork. And so when we take ownership of our feelings and we take responsibility for our thoughts and actions, we become empowered and we begin to, we we begin to um, act healthier in our relationship. It also frees us. Uh, so if I believe that somebody else makes me feel and makes me do, then I'm a prisoner to them. And it might be, it might be a parent, it might be a spouse, uh, because they have that power over me. And so when we begin to own our own stuff and set boundaries, and I'll get to the challenges of that in a minute, we free ourselves and and it's like you're you're sitting in the prison and the prison door is locked but right there next to you is a key that you could just pick up the key is setting understanding learning about setting and upholding boundaries and you can actually let yourself out of the prison and that's the freedom that comes with setting boundaries and it allows us to work on our barriers to love. And so if you've been hurt in the past, if you've been, uh, if your trust has been broken, if you've been wounded emotionally, um, physically, then you're going to have walls up. And, and so accepting what is yours when it's healthy you can also begin to bring those down a boundary is not a steel wall a boundary is more like the gate in the garden fence i can close it i can lock it but i can also open it and i can choose i can choose when and under what circumstances and all of that is based on becoming really clear on what's safe for me and what's acceptable for me. And so if you're in a situation where you've recently experienced um, betrayal, financial betrayal, sexual betrayal, uh, and your garden gate is wide open, that's probably not so healthy, right? Like it's a time to say, uh, I've been hurt, I want to begin to listen to my own inner voice um, and and trust myself. And I want to heal and be very discerning about who I talk to, who I let in, what I do. And so all boundaries, all internal boundaries. Calming the chaos of divorce begins with quieting your mind and getting clear on what you want and how to get it. That's why we created the Divorce Survival Kit. It's an easy-to-digest guide with five essential tips that help transform your suffering into valuable insights and your confusion into effective action. 
So go to DivorceRecoveryLifeline.com and grab your Divorce Survival Kit today. And then the other issue, and for all of you who have joined us through our high-conflict divorce series, boundaries are about protection. And, uh, And protection not from hurt all the time. So even with our children, right? Boundaries help to set guides. Every child wants to push through the, push the envelope, push the envelope. They want to be able to drive before they should. They want to be able to play with fire before they should. They want to be able to stay up later than they should, play more gaming than they should, whatever the case may be. So when where I know that when I was early on in my divorce, I, I felt so out of control. I, couldn't even set boundaries with my children. And, and so learning um, how to say no, learning how to uh, determine what's acceptable and what's not and what the consequences are for those uh, behaviors is key to breaking the generational chains of not knowing about boundaries and beginning to raise our children to understand the value Um, and importance of abiding by someone's boundaries and the resulting consequences if you don't. Um, And and I want to talk a little bit about about the protection part when it comes to uh, somebody who has not presented themselves as safe. If you're divorcing someone who's disordered, who's Um, who has anger management, who might be struggling with addiction and alcoholism, then for you, your ability to set boundaries, and even if it isn't that, even if the boundary is, uh, the agreement is that you um, pick up the children at, uh, at a certain time, and if that person is bad with time and they blow through that boundary, how to set and uphold that boundary, uh, how to be able to say, um, it might sound something like, uh, you're, you know, we've agreed to 5 p.m. If you're not here by 5.15, you'll have to pick up the kids at this other place because I have plans. And so... One of the things with boundaries when it comes to time is if you always have a plan B, that's your upholding of the boundary as opposed to he or she always blows me off and ruins my plans and it doesn't have to be that way. We're back to freedom. When you uphold your boundary, then then, then regardless of the other person's behavior, you're good. I actually wrote that into my um, into my divorce settlement because there were certain issues that if there was agreement about when dad would take the children and he just blew it off, then he was responsible for the child care expense. So even if I had to pay it up front, there was, there was a rule there. So it was a boundary for me. If you're dealing with somebody who... Uh, is is hostile or angry or verbally and emotionally abusive, there's a ton of boundaries that you may not even uh, be aware of. I remember one day standing in the hallway uh, just being railed at, and all of a sudden it occurred to me that I could pick up my car keys 
and walk out the door, that my young children weren't in danger, and that I actually didn't have to stand there and be called these terrible names and be assaulted with this, this like, hostile energy. And I got in the car, and I drove around, and he cooled down, and I came home. And I might have had to do it dozens of times, but I never did it before. And so setting a boundary to protect yourself uh, could be that you have to call the police. It could be that you take your keys and you drive away. It could be that if you're being assaulted through texts or emails, you may determine that you're going to put that person on do not disturb so that your cell phone doesn't ping all day long, or you're going to have his or her emails go directly into a folder that you can creatively name. And you'll see when there's stuff in there, but you don't have to see it during the workday or throughout the day if that's an issue. And even if somebody tends to, if your uh, ex or soon-to-be ex is hostile in those emails, uh, there's a way of not having to read. So many of my clients like uh, voluntarily get abused by reading the abusive emails from beginning to end and searching for the maybe possible uh, important piece of information for the children. And so there's, there's ways around that. There's ways of communicating that if you're, if you're going to write me about the children, be short and sweet about it. Because if I start reading words of condemnation or judgment, I'm not going to read the rest of the email. And you can say that three times, third time saying, here it is again, won't be reading it. And you put it on them. And so, and there's also apps out there now. If you do, or if you are dealing with a difficult um, ex, you can, you can uh, join our family wizard or fair F A Y R. We actually have podcasts on both of those. If you search the JBD podcasts, it tells you about them. And then you're in this platform where nothing can be edited and, um, and you could invite in therapists or attorneys or parent coordinators or coaches um, that can also see what's going on. And especially if you're high conflict and you might go back to court, uh, those apps are actually great boundaries for uh, protecting yourself and documenting some of the behavior that you've been experiencing. And so when we talk about boundaries, you know, the last thing I want to say is if you get down on yourself or you're hard on yourself because you you didn't know this and, and you haven't had them, be kind and gentle with yourself. We, we, we don't lick this stuff off the grass. We only learn it um, when we learn it. So many of us who are boundary oblivious uh, come from families where mom and dad are boundary oblivious because they came from a family where their parents were. And so this is the opportunity to be kind and gentle with yourself to read about it, there's an article on our blog called Healthy Relationships Require Healthy Boundaries. There are boundary books. Uh, my favorite are written by John Townsend and Henry Cloud. The nice thing about that when it comes to your children is they have boundaries with kids, boundaries with teens. And I know as a parent, 
the hardest thing was knowing what the appropriate consequence would be for the children um, because uh, the, the, the punishment has to fit the, the crime. And so these boundary books are great because they talk about how to set boundaries with love and how to make them appropriate both to the age and what the child has done, the boundary that they've broken. And that's a good thing. It's important because, and it's important that our children know what the consequences are because if you're driving down the road and you're driving at 100 miles an hour and you see that the speed limit's 60 miles an hour, you at least know that you've broken the boundary and you, you could actually go online and know exactly how much that you'll be paying in a fine. Uh, we often set boundaries and consequences with our children from a place of anger, which is not good. Um, for them to know, you know, if you if you lie, if you stay up too late, if whatever that, that um, breach of boundary is, this is the consequence. And they need to know it ahead of time. And that way, when it happens and you give the consequence, you can say to them, well, it was your choice. We talked about this and you knew you know what the rules are. In fact, you signed it and it's on the refrigerator maybe. And, uh, and that way you begin to create boundary conscious people, little people who are then going to bring that into their adult relationships and, and future generations of your family. So I hope that you've found value in uh, this topic on boundaries and you will be hearing from me again. We'll be back with our next episode of JBD Team Talks real soon. Have a great day. Thanks for joining us on the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast. I hope you found guidance and encouragement to help you along your journey. If you like my podcast, please take a minute to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. You can also visit us at jbddivorcesupport.com, where our team of coaches support both men and women through our one-on-one coaching, group programs, online courses, and free resources. Stay tuned for our next episode, and I'll talk to you soon. At Journey Beyond Divorce, we know that sometimes the most powerful support we can offer is to help you process the storm of emotions you're experiencing and gently challenge the beliefs that are keeping you stuck. The way Karen delivers her program is that she validates the feelings, the emotions, the ups, the downs. She hones in on the specifics that really talk to that particular person when they're going through this crazy emotional time. Let us be a beacon in the midst of this crazy emotional time. Book a free lifeline call with us to help lift the fog and begin practicing new ways of thinking, being, and doing that better support you as you journey through and beyond divorce. Our gift to you is taking that first step with you on your free Rapid Relief Lifeline call, where we help you navigate the emotional and logistical turbulence of separation and divorce. Visit rapidreliefcall.com to book your call.